When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you're listening to Throwing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka! And now, here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka! And today we have a special guest. Kazim, I'm Uide. What's up, bro? Yo, what's going on, people? How y'all living, man? Y'all good? I'm good, man. I was stressed. I didn't want to mess up your mess. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I, I grew up like I'm. It's funny that this podcast is called "Growing Up the Same," and I feel like every Nigerian who listens to this is gonna feel me on this one. Like the 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 pressure or the sort of like uh, the, the way you hold your breath and people pronounce your last name. <laughs> just knowing how it's gonna get butchered uh, is a pain we all share. But you killed it. You you're. We're in better shape now. Was I used to, used to be way worse. Yeah, I mean that's racism if they don't get it right. Anyway, we ain't, <laughs> we ain't accepting. We ain't taking no L's. No, nah, say nah. my real shit. <laughs> Hell no, nah, fuck that. I Americanizing nothing. <laughs> Let me try not to butcher this shit right here. Okay, um, Hazim Pamuide is a creative executive of audio for the Spring Hill Company the co-host of MSG Network's MSGPM and the Say Less podcast. And now it's time for the one or the two with J Skills. The stashed or the source? Oof. Uh, source. I'll say the source because it's, uh, you know, as, as, many, uh, as many crazy things that you hear about it, like it's still a historical place and it gave me my start. And I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have had the, the, the energy to try and start stashed if it wasn't for my experience at the source. So uh, I, I'll, I'll go source. Dr. Umar or Kevin Samuels? <laughs> uh, damn. I'm going to go Dr. Umar, bro. Like Kevin Samuels, he's more, uh, he's very um, entertainingly, like he's more entertaining than he is like, oh, I like listen to you. Like, you know, uh, right. Kevin Samuels, and Dr. Umar are like two examples of like a broken clock being like right twice a day. Right. And I right. think Dr. Umar gets more 12 o'clock than, than, than Kevin Samuels to me. So that's what I'm on. Melinda Gates or Mackenzie Bezos? Oof, oof. Uh, I'm going to go Melinda Gates. You know what I mean? I feel like she's still a little bit more raw. You know, like it still it hasn't really settled in that she's a single gal right now. So I'm a, <laughs> I think Melinda Gates is, is, is probably more fun at this point. I think, you know, Bezos is already worn off. She's like, you know, in her single bag for a while. So she's probably already uh, uh, annoying at this point. So I'm going to go Gates. <laughs> Derek Rose or Julius Randle? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Derek Rose simply because not not to take anything away from Julius Randle, aka Drew Shiesty, aka the Coral Larry Bird. Um, he's doing his thing, and he should be in the MVP conversation. But the Derek Rose story is just so dope because you know, on top of him being a former MVP, it feels like for the longest. time, This is probably the most significant basketball he's played since he was in Chicago. And uh, that's really tight, man, because he was he's a special dude and he's got that sort of aura. You know, what I mean, I feel like every every good NBA team has to do with that aura where it's like they might not be like the best player. But like mm. when Carmelo walks in for the Blazers, like, yo, that's still mellow. You know, yeah. what I mean, and Derrick Rose got that same aura uh, for the Knicks where it's like. All right, he may not be the MVP no more, but, like, I grew up watching this dude who mixtape. Like, I, I grew up watching this dude, you know what I mean, in, in commercials with Kobe for 2K. Like, Derrick Rose is a legend in my eyes, bro. So I, I got I to gotta respect that dude. Got to. WWF or WWE? 
Whoo, man. I'm, I don't want to do the old hat thing and just be like, oh, man, WWF was better back in the day. Da, da, da. But yeah. I'm going to go WWE. I'm going to go WWE because that's when everybody started really getting to that money. And uh, as, as fun as WWF was, they had to change up for a reason. It was the Wild Wild West back then. So I'm going to go WWE. I'm going to go WWE. Raw or SmackDown? Oh, SmackDown by far. SmackDown's always been the black man show. Coined by a black man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> so I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna go, go, go raw for SmackDown. SmackDown for sure. Hell in a Cell or the Montreal Screwjob? Whoo! Uh, no, we say Hell in a Cell. We talk about the OG Hell in a Cell when Mick Foley got tossed <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We go, yeah, we go with the Hell in a Cell, bro. That is the wrestling version of like. Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line, bro. Like, <laughs> for, the, for the rest of time, no matter when you see any highlights of wrestling, you will see, you know, Mick Foley getting tossed by The Undertaker off that cell. So I got to go there. Got to. Bieber Valley or Max Bigavelli? <laughs> Definitely Bieber Valley, bro. I'm sorry. I'm, I've been a day one believer for a minute. And his, uh, his, uh, <laughs> His descent into what I will call um, uh, N-wordhood is hilarious to me <laughs> every single time around. Like not even in a not even in a hypocritical way. Like it, it just his his uh, his evolution is like hilarious. That even going the way he started to basically right becoming the Tupac of his time, like it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, graduation or my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh man. Graduation didn't really age that well to me, bro. Like, I, I'll keep it honest. I used to love me some graduation. Love it. And, like, the older I get, I'm like, man, eh, it's all right. But my right. beautiful little of fantasy still slaps to the high heaven. So, definitely. Definitely that. Um, NWO or DX? Oh, for sure, DX. For sure, for sure, DX. I mean, NWO, before it got stepped on, like, before the dope was stepped on, was, was ill. When it was, like, just Hall, Nash, Hogan, Savage. Coming out with Dennis Robin, you know what I mean? Bruce Buffer calling mm-hmm. him to the ring and like spending Ted Turner's money to the to the cows came home. Like that that was my NWO. Once they started adding everybody and a mama to the group, that's when it got like super trash. But yeah. uh DX DX managed to keep like a, a, a level of, of exclusivity to themselves that still makes them pretty cool to me. So I'm gonna go DX. The catch rule in football or the carry rule in the NBA? <laughs> um, I'm going to say the catch rule is probably worse. You know what I mean? Because at least the carry rule, you get some fun highlights out of it. You know what I right. mean? Nobody likes the catch rule. Like, the catch rule is just people just yelling and screaming at each other as long as they possibly can. But uh, the carry rule, at least, you, you could end up on, on Ball's life. You know, what I mean? you can still get some, still get some followers off of off of some carries. You ain't getting no followers off of uh, a bobble catch. So, right, the Carter two or the Carter three, Carter two, Carter two by far. Uh, that was the album that like I fell in love with Wayne music too. Right, like I, I, the buzz was there, like mm-hmm. far as mixtapes is concerned. But once Carter two dropped, I was like, oh nah, he's the truth. He's yeah, the he's true. Hennessy <laughs> or Duce. Ooh man, damn! I definitely well, they I ain't getting I ain't getting no checks from either of them as of late. So <laughs> honestly, neither. Like it is, <laughs> I am, I am washed, bro. Like that, either one of them joints put me out for at least three or four days now. So I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go neither. I think I think Hennessy was. Hennessy was for its time when I was young and rambunctious, and do say I tried to class myself up. And I just realized both of them put me out for two days or three days. So <laughs> I'm going to go neither. Currency or Wiz? Oh, man, I was just listening to some Wiz, like, not even five minutes ago. Like, right before I did this call, I was throwing um, Only Nigger in First Class, like, for uh, – which I haven't heard in a minute. But there was some slappers on there, man. It's a good vibe out album. Like, you know, the first, like, six or seven records are official. So, yeah, Wiz. Uh, Francis Ngannou or Israel Adesanya? Oh, you know I gotta go, my brother, the style bender, Izzy Adesanya. Yeah. I feel like the you know he just got the whole package, bro. Like he he touches so many levels of what makes like a star fighter, 
on top of him mm-hmm. being like Nigerian, on top of him just being like hella cool and having like a weird sort of front row seat to like his rise into like superstar status um, is really tight, man. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's uh, he's the not even the future of that company. He's the present. Yeah. The commission album we never got or the CRS album we never got. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. Well, the commission album we didn't get for obvious reasons, right? The CRS album is just people just being like, you know, the hell with y'all, y'all don't deserve it. You know, like they're all still alive and breathing, so they should get to that eventually. But I'm gonna go with the commission yeah. album just because you know the reasons why we couldn't get it. Right, uh, Platinum Chanel or 1997? Ooh, man, uh, Platinum Chanel. I'm gonna go Platinum Chanel. ASAP Mob or Wu-Tang Clan? Oh, Wu-Tang Clan, man. Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> gotta go Wu-Tang. Gotta go Wu-Tang. I, 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 as much as I love the ASAP Mob movement, mm-hmm. I don't really bang a lot of them albums. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh. and I think for, and Ferg Loki, the hottest out of all of them. And it's usually because he got three, four bangers per album. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Wu-Tang, I mean, yeah, come on. I'm Staten Island born, bro. That is... The, the royalty in my eyes. So got to go with that. Mark Jackson's with all due respect for Birdman. <laughs> put some respect <laughs> to my name. <laughs> uh, yo, definitely uh, Mark Jackson's with all due respect. <laughs> Just because that was the con- the context to this day. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, who's like, what was... What, there's no reason I should have ever been prompted. And, and for that, it makes it that yeah. much more of a classic commentary moment. Hit that off the park respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, though. Hey, he's an originator, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> respectfully, family. No, he knew the whole world was watching that, bro. This game one of the finals. Like, where's your mind at, my G? What are we doing? How long had he been thinking that before he wanted it? Oh man, I know. I know there's a perfectly logical explanation for why he said what he said, but it does not matter. Context does not matter. With jokes over facts, forever. forever. <laughs> uh, turtle or Proctor? Ah, Turtle, bro. Come on, man. Uh, I, Jerry's my guy, but yeah. uh, you know, power. Entourage is hit different. Entourage is like junk food, bro. After yeah. every episode, you know, everything was going to be all right. The homie's going to make it. You know, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get the girl. Vince is going to get the big part. They're going to make some bread over it. Like, it was the perfect 30-minute show. Just yeah. mindless, turn it on. It's going to make you feel good. It'll be happy at the end of it. So, definitely. And Turtle's at the circle of that. So, definitely. Definitely Turtle. Bitcoin or Dogecoin? <clears throat> You 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 made me want to go check my Robin Hood real quick, so let me shut the, the answer. The answer will depend on exactly what my Dogecoin is hitting for right now. Yeah, not for real. Uh, Do- Doge Dogecoin for sure, because it's so American, bro. It's it's a joke money, and it's like yeah. uh, everyone writing it off. Like, oh, it's a joke. There's no way it'll it'll do well. And I'm like, look who yeah. our president just was. This is exactly why it'll do well. <laughs> like, I put, put a couple racks in there, and I've been happy as hell this week. So, yeah, buy that dip, too. <laughs> Yo, kids are in B. Man. Man. Jokic put the beats on my next other night, bro. Like, I was, I was a witness to that first quarter. I was like, man. I know I was I was yeah, I thought it was sweet. I was talking crazy. Yo, them 13 out of 14 win, I was talking crazy. And the Joker said, yeah, hold up. <laughs> Some of this in the first quarter. So I gotta go to Joker, bro. Like I say what you want about aesthetics and you know, not looking the part, but that dude is the truth. I'm sorry for all the all the Julius and Julius having a great season. But yeah, you know, there's there was definitely levels, and the Joker Joker showed it off that night for sure. Joe Budden or Gilly the Kid? Man, ah uh, man, I'm gonna go Joe. I'm gonna go Joe only because uh, you know Joe's fam. 
Um, you know, he's uh, you know, he's always been super supportive and you know, Rory's my guy and uh I like I low key like Wallow more than uh Gilly anyway. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Joe. Um Grits and Biscuits or South by Southwest? Oh man. Man. Whoo, I'm gonna go grits. I'm gonna go grits, bro. South by the early South by days can never be replicated, bro. Like the early South by days are something legendary that you know we might not ever see again. But grits and biscuits, bro. Uh love those guys, love the slates. You know what I mean? That's just that's culture in New York, bro. Like you, you go to Grits and Biscuits party, man. Like it is. Bro, I, I went. I went in 2012 when I moved out to New York for like a year, and I met one of the baddest chicks I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and we was in there wall to wall sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Boston in the party at three in the morning, like you know. Man, like, that's the one thing, bro, about this pandemic that really. I mean, just those, just that era of like parties that were like, you know, social media driven, like self sustained, like events that, you know, as the nightlife sort of like ended, not ended, but like changed in New York City, the real events were like these things that like people you knew were just throwing, like your grits and biscuits, your brunch brounces, Henny Palooza slash Duce Palooza. Like those are the things that everybody wants to be at. So, and obviously the world's changed so much. I don't know when we'll be able to get that again, but definitely grits, bro. Love, love, uh, easy, mo breezy, my guys. <laughs> Kobe ending his career on a 60 piece or Tiger winning the Masters in his 40s? Ooh. Man, that Kobe 60 piece hits so different now. Like when you watch it, it's almost like it's like watching the last episode of a TV show. It's like there's no way this is real. Like you got every famous person in the crowd. You got Kobe like winking to his daughters. Like it's just it's like a movie, man. God bless Gordon Hayward and the Jazz for like laying it <laughs> for taking that dive that night, bro. We needed that. We needed that proper goodbye. Nobody gave a damn if the Jazz would have won that game that day. Or might have booed them to this day, bro. If they to this day, game. bro. Like I still got smoke for Sean Marion for messing up MJ's last All Star game. Bro. <laughs> it's like, why would you foul? Why would you yeah. foul Kobe? Let MJ get that walk off, man. We good. <laughs> The Wire or Snowfall? Oh, man. I'm going to go The Wire because I still haven't seen Snowfall yet, bro. Like, yeah. I feel I feel so out the loop, and I feel like, you know, right now is the time for me to binge watch it and, and get caught up because, you know, I want to be able to laugh at Twitter jokes with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. uh, but The Wire for me, man, I'm, I, it's, to me, the best show next to Breaking Bad ever created. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go The Wire. Agreed. Um, Saturday night or Sunday morning? Ooh. Ooh, I'm... That's a good question. I'm going to go Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm going to go Sunday morning, man. Like, I love just being able to, you know... My, my Saturday night days are very tame now, mm-hmm. but Sunday mornings are the best when you could just wake up know you ain't got to do shit for like a couple hours you know what i mean and yeah. you know just being lazy is how like i love a lazy sunday over a lit saturday any day any day gen x or gen z gen z bro i think am i gen z is that is that what we classify ourselves at I think we're the we're in the middle. We're the millennials. Oh, we're millennials. We're millennials. Right, right, right. Gen Z is like the TikTokers and stuff, right? Like, yeah, nah. TikTok is TikTok is dope because like I learned so much about like government history because like teenagers are bored. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, if I had this, I would have yeah. got hella good grades in school. Like, this is definitely, you know, we were all taught that cell phones and technology was gonna, you know cause us to be more stupid, which I'm sure is the case for some, but I'm like, I learned a lot of shit that I definitely wouldn't learn in school <laughs> because of TikTok. So yeah, nah, the Gen Zers are leading that, leading that charge, so I'm gonna go with them. Coming to America or super bad? Coming to America. Coming to America. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's still classic. And I love super bad, but come on, that's it's hard to put two bad bitches next to each other, but <laughs> coming to America for sure. 
Uh, Russ or Dame? Dame. Dame. And I love Russ. I love Russ. Like, Russ and Dame. Russ and Dame are, like, the point guards in the, like, I'll judge you if you don't fuck with them category. It was like, how you don't how you, how you ain't got love for Russ? Like, how you got love for Dame? So I love them both, but Dame yeah. Dollar just, you know, he plays he plays this sort of game that, like, I wish I could play, like, if I was, like, hooping like that, you know. Plays yeah. a very, like, admirable-looking game. Russell's game looks like it's hard to do. Like, that's a lot of energy you're expending, man. Like, I'd rather just pull from 40 and wave to people. <laughs> that looks fun. Um, please advise or per my last email? Oh, per my last email. I will per my last email to you quickly. <laughs> like, that is my that is my joint. I'm... I'm a follow-up fiend, bro. <laughs> and uh, it's it's my favorite a microaggression because, you know, if you could do it in real life, you'd be t- you'd be really telling people, like, yo, was you not listening? Is you slow or stupid or dumb? Like, that's what you're really trying to say. Exactly. But professionally. But professionally. So you got to make that work. <laughs> All right. And the last one, we outside or say less? Oh, say less. Come on, man. You ain't gonna you know I gotta put the brand over. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Well, that was the one of the two. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people not patients, Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and ooh, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even at the gym. People, it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Right now, bomb listeners. That's right. This podcast that you're listening to, the Black Opinions Matter. You guys all go to Lucy dot co and use promo code bom to get 20 percent off all products on your first order including gum or lozenges that's lucy l-u-c-y dot co and use promo code bom at checkout also i have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code B O M. Man, that was that was good, man. You had some you had some good ones, man. You made him think. Man, yeah. listen, that was fun. I, I didn't I wasn't even expecting any of that, but that was hella fun. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> you made him you put him to work on that one. <laughs> nice. All right, young Cass. Yeah. Tell us about playing trombone in school. Oh man. All right. So I used to play slide trombone uh back in like fourth or fifth grade right so i i went to middle school in staten island lots and lots of white folks but you know i'm son of immigrants you know what i mean like my mom mom and dad first uh like fresh like you know immigrated here from nigeria and uh you know it was really like a lot of culture shock like starting to like meet people that were necessarily like in my in my background and like certain ways that I wanted to, you know, learn to do stuff or or kind of fit in was participating in as much like group activities as possible. So like that's why I got into like lots of sports. That's why I got into hooping and playing ball. But like, you know, they we had a band in our in our in our school and I uh signed up for band and I was one of the taller kids in the school. So once I signed up for band, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, play the, the saxophone and be smooth like Bleeding Goes Murphy on The Simpsons. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a saxophone. great character, by the way. Fantastic character, right? And that's who like inspired me to like want to play the saxophone. But when I went to go try out for saxophone, they was like, yo, your arms are real long and tall. You should probably play the trombone. And I'm like, I don't want to play the trombone. 
I want to play the saxophone. The saxophone is cool as hell. They're like, you know, like your finger dexterity. I'm like, what's wrong with my fingers? Like, why can't I? So they're like really just trying to gas me to play like the big, like heavy uh, instruments, right? Like, it so was wait, this, it was you this. have you have to have like a certain stature to play these type of instruments. Apparently? Basically, yeah, right. That's oh. what they was trying to g me on. So I mean, obviously, like the the instruments that they had, they kind of. And in, in so many words, like rented it to you as a student and you brought it back at the end of the uh, semester. So, uh, you know, they, you know, keep it in the school or whatever for to keep the band together. Right. But you wrote down the choices of instruments and I had saxophone on top and everyone was like, oh, man, you should play like the, the baritone. I'm like, there's nothing smooth about the baritone at all, at all. Like that joint is hella heavy. Like, you can't even, like, dance with it or, like, do any moves. Like, you have to sit there and play that joint, right? So I'm like, I'm for sure not playing the baritone, and they're not letting me play the saxophone. So I'm like, all right, I guess my my long arms are going to have to do. I'm going to play the trombone. And uh, I was hella nice at it. I was first chair. I played mad songs. I still know the notes to this day. Like, it's kind of like riding a bike. Um, And the older I got, I mean, I didn't play, I hadn't played much like in high school or college or whatever, but the older I got, the more cooler the trombone seemed to me because I saw it in a lot of like marching bands, and, like HBCU bands to see how, how they freaked it. And I was like, damn, if I knew that, like when I was in third or fourth grade, I would have stuck with this because this is kind of tight. But that was one of my biggest hobbies though, man. I was hella nice at it. I was first chair. I killed like four or five talent shows. Like people knew when I was coming up, I was about to, you know what I mean? You know, when I had my solos, like I was the only black dude in the band. So like they knew they to give me a little, you know, I, I'll do your notes. Like I know how to hit the notes for the band teacher, but I'm gonna put my own little pizzazz on it because I wanted to, I wanted to stand out. So uh, it was fun though, man. I love, I love playing trombone and I love like kind of like trying to create music uh as a kid back there it was mad fun that's how we normally get jiggy man but the way <laughs> the way how you was explaining um how they like was trying to get you to choose another instrument was kind of similar to me like running track right yeah i ain't know nothing about running track so like i just was trying to increase my vertical leap a little bit more going uh, to college so my senior year i pull up and the coach is like yeah you know yeah you can you know long jump or whatever bruh <laughs> I went out there. We probably worked on that shit twice. <laughs> Next day, he like, oh, yeah, hit the track. I'm like, hit the track? What you mean? He like, yeah, you're going to be running uh, the 200 and the 400. You got some long legs. Mm. Bam. I, run <laughs> year. I ran track that year, dog, but I got, like, finessed. I thought I was going to be high jumping. Oh, man. That, man. You know, that's I, I got finessed in the running uh, cross country in college. Oh, For this terrible. in the same way, the same way, like our basketball team was straight, but they were like, our coach was like, had to deal with like the track and field coach. I was like, yo, uh, some of our freshmen and sophomores, we're going to send to make sure that, you know what I mean? They got, they got, you know, some track. So all, all I heard was track and field. I'm thinking, okay, the, we'll short, run. the, the short little sprints yeah. and stuff like that. They had me running cross country, bro. Like against other people who went to school for cross country like hey, the sickest thing about cross country it is not sweet so anytime all. i would come to track practice uh late or like i was just you know getting smart with my coach he would sign me up for cross country uh, and i didn't know that when you be running in that little pack by the time you're trying to finish up the meters they be throwing elbows in there yeah it, it, it get real shisty in that it's, thing it's, it's very it's it's very I thought it was just like a smooth, just kind of run, like run your race, run your like lanes or whatever. But like, I'm thinking, all right, there's no real referees out here. Like if, if people wanted to, you know, jab me a little bit on the side, like they get away with it. Like you run in between fields and trees and all this other stuff. Like I did not, you know, I, I must've ran like two races for, for, for my college. And I was like, yo, coach. One if you go bench me, bench me, but I ain't doing, <laughs> I ain't doing this again. That's, yeah. a, that's a fact. You was more bold than me because I just was like, all right, you got it. Um, <laughs> what's your relationship with uh backyard wrestling? Oh man, dude. So I was like, uh, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan, right? And um, you know, again, growing up in Staten Island, uh, you know, having young, crazy white friends, you know, what I mean, as well. Uh, I watched a whole lot of ECW, 
and uh you know a lot of illegal pro wrestling like there was this whole world of like wwf that kind of felt like you know the big time like you know broadway stage show and when i was around like 11 12 years old 10 11 12 years old probably i started like and this is like at the boom of really like the internet right like Mm -hmm. so this might be like the year 2000 i want to say 1999 and I was starting to find like these tapes and like these these videos of like ECW tapes and New Japan and like people jumping off of rings and landing on tables and stuff like that. And even like these backyard dudes who was doing crazy stuff. So I was like, yo, I want to try that. So me and my wrestling friends, we would like we had like a little park that we went to go wrestle at in, in uh, you know, near our uh, near our homes or whatever. And it had a, a fence around it. So from the outside looking in, it looked like a little steel cage, right? <laughs> so, like, we would have match cards. Like, we would, like, book, you know, wrestling matches with each other. And, you know, I was more of, like, yo, I'm the big dude, so I'm just going to be doing moves. Y'all ain't just going to be, like, just, you know, beating me up or whatever. <laughs> like, I'll take a little I'll take a little chair or here and that, but you're not going to pick up and slam me because a lot of people couldn't, one. And two, like, you know, I was just – People just really wanted to get thrown through tables. So they would bring like the little patio tables, like mm-hmm. little, you know, all like a little, we, we got money together and got like one of them real ass like tables, not the gimmick tables. That they so use on wait, TV. so wait, y'all out here looking like <laughs> Buffalo Bills tailgate. Yo, de- dead ass. That's nah. exactly what we was doing, bro. Nah. <laughs> that is exactly what we was doing. We was, and my mom used to get so tight she's like yo if i catch you out here wrestling with these stupid little boys you're gonna kneel down and face the wall so i was like all right my fault my fault <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all have characters uh not, uh yes yes oh my goodness gracious you're about to embarrass me so my favorite wrestler my favorite wrestler back in the day was x-pac right <laughs> Shaw waltman man one two three kid you know what i mean he was a he was an og in dx so I used to call myself K-pop because oh, I wanted wow. to be I wanted to be part of, of DX or whatever. So I would come out, I would have the same, you know, we had a little boom box. So we would play like the remix D Generation X music that Run DMC did. Like that was my entrance music. You know what I mean? I come out, talk my shit. And you know, we had my friend, his name was Jason, and he was like the dude that took wrestling hella serious. Like, he was the dude that was like, yo, nah. I mean, like, I was just messing around. I'm just sitting there, like, just, you know, playing and just having fun. My friend Jason was like, nah, bro. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna make it. Like, I'm going to videotape this. Like, people are going to see me. Vince going to call me up in, like, five or ten years, and I'm, I'm going to make it. So, like, he was when I would bring, like, buy these tables, buy these chairs, and he would, like, want to get fucked up. He'd be like, yo. He would want to get put through tables. He'd want to jump off the cage, do backflips, all this type of stuff. He was wild as hell. And uh, I remember I, I I put him through a table off of the off of the, the the top of the fence. So he went like maybe like maybe like eight feet off the ground. That's crazy. I put him through a patio table, and we heard that shit break, and we saw a bunch of I guess like kids might have been. Our parents might have been watching us, and they didn't know what was going on. Oh wow! So, it so like we just ran for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So we pulled through the table and just ran for it because people thought we was really funny. And, shit. Oh, and uh, that was the last time I backyard wrestled. So uh, I remember KCAL Nine. You know, it's local, local, local uh, news channel uh, in LA. Yeah, it was. They showed ECW. Yeah. And cats was just like, you know, and then the backyard inter- internet situ- sen- uh, sensation shit where niggas was jumping off of the, the roofs yeah, and just slamming yeah. and shit like that. So I was like crazy WWF. I'm like HBK, DX. Same, you know what same. I'm saying? Um, also WCW and WO and shit like that. And it was one year, like, I'm always amazed that y'all, like, obviously are still going, you know what I mean, holding it down for the, for the, for the OGs. Yeah. And, you know, still being committed. I respect that. But I think once I hit 13, I kind of tapped out. Yeah. But I think around 11 or 12, shout out to my man, Anthony. Anthony mom's like with spoil homie. And she would order all the pay-per-view events. Mm-hmm. And you know, they used to show on like a Sunday. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nights, yeah. yeah, so we would go over his crib, and my grandma would pick me up after the last little joint. So we would watch all that shit, right? So I'm at Aunt Crib, like, yo, you, you know, order pizza. You know, gas his mom up, but she was uh-huh. just happy because I don't even think the the homie was just different. You know, I grew up in Compton, so like <laughs> wrestling in Compton is kind of like, yeah, it's two you different know what I'm saying? Like we yeah, often, we, you know, what I mean, they might be looking at us like we bugging or whatever. But I, I also hooped. But, like, yeah. I had, like, so many friends in school that, like, I tapped in with everybody. So, like, Anthony was, like, he didn't really make too many friends. He was kind of socially awkward. Mm-hmm. But our connection was wrestling. So when we were going to wrestling, bro, I got suspended from school for the first time in my life. <laughs> Fifth grade, right? Fifth yeah. grade, they um they they said they accused me of um starting a gang, bro. Oh, man. So I – uh. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so I did W. I did the um the Wolf Pack, bro. The Wolf Pack and W.O. But my so grandma, you all wear red and black, right? So, no, no. Here's the thing. So okay. I I went to a private school in Compton and uh, first Christian day school, but on Thursdays we have free dress. And my grandma <laughs> went to Target, bro, and bought me the. I, I got the Wolf Pack shirt in there too, by the way. But I had the Wolf Pack shirt, so I wore it. I'm walking around hitting things with the wolf. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, oh. So, Listen, I'm also Beanie Siegel, like get down the lay down type shit. Like you ain't rolling. You know what I'm saying? And the school only went to sixth grade. So like you gotta think about it. it's like it's 10 niggas that's like fifth graders. And rest is like young, you know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. I'm walking around recruiting niggas, but like we doing moves on concrete. Oh shit. So here's here's the thing. So here's the thing. This is where it went wrong, bro. Yeah. And, I, and I bro, I tried to hide. They suspended me some more. Hold on. So this is after I came back from suspension. I did the pedigree on cement. But I didn't oh, like, no. hey, but I ain't, oh, but I ain't getting cushion. I ain't getting I was about, like so he, so his face first is the concrete? Damn. No. Oh, Listen, he got up, his teeth out, his nose bleeding. I'm shaking. Cause I'm thinking I'm about to go to jail. I'm like, bro, like, what, what, what happened? Like, nah, on on the wrestling shit, it don't work like this. But how, you know, like, what? I mean, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand it all. It's supposed man. to gimmick the knees, bro. Yeah, it's I'm, to I'm, I'm panicking, bro. Like, but that was like not my. This how I knew wrestling wasn't for me because. I grew, I hung out with older dudes, right? Like cats was yeah. like 16, 17, but they was on some thirsty shit. They trying to show me porn. <laughs> they trying to get me to walk with them to go talk to some chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wrestling with the, the nine and 10 year old. I'm 12, 12, 12 <laughs> and a half wrestling with the 19 year olds, fucking them up, bro. Like sharpshooter. Like yeah. I could have broke their little back, bro. I'm in there slamming shit, like thinking that shit tight. Oh, and I remember man. the homie called me over across the street. Like, man, you too old. You need to go get the ball, like blah blah. Like, what's wrong with you? And I never like it. It took the whole cool out my it. shit, and I just tapped out. But but man, that was some of the funnest times of my life, bro. Because like, you know, it was pure. You really bro. thought that shit was real. You know what I'm saying, nigga, bro? We went to Carl's Jr. and got ketchup packages, my nigga. And I punched the nigga with the ketchup package to make it look now like the he was blood bleeding, come out. <laughs> that shit was lit, dog. It was so tight. I miss those times so much. But like, once I turned thirteen, it was strictly hoop. I got, oh, like, I got straight to it. Like, I'm, I'm too cool for all that. But <laughs> I miss it, man. Cause, so I just actually text somebody, my homegirl Jordan. At uh, she, she's at uh, at the agency with me. Mm-hmm. She um was telling me about you know like obviously oh I think I ran into Jordan at, yeah, uh, at, 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 at Tampa yeah at the WrestleMania joint she yeah, was there yeah but she was putting me on like you know like yo you need to go get um Peacock so you can tap in like that and then I'm like damn bad bunny wrestling like I'm so far removed my nigga yeah, like, I don't bunny even know wrestling yeah know. bro bad bunny was at WrestleMania this year bro and he's don't like he a, a, don't he got a belt yeah he was he was the twenty four seven champion for a minute. And then he lost it. He gave it back or whatever. But, uh, yeah, now, nah, like, it's funny you say that because, like, within wrestling circles, like, you know, this is how you know, like, there's such a there's such a divide when it comes to, like, cool shit and, like, well, yeah, you know, like, when I, when school, I first right? got on Twitter, bro, like, I was discovering it's kind of clicky, but it's not. But it's yeah. also, like, the irony of this show that we all grew up the same. So you always going to see, like, 
a nigga like getting a thumbtack and poking it through his finger. Mm. Be like, oh, nigga, I did that too. Or like, <laughs> or like I tweeted the other day, like, nigga, I got suspended for giving a nigga a rip, like grabbing a nigga back in the neck and do and pulling. Yeah, like, yeah. Nigga said, oh, I did that too, bro. But you got suspended. I'm like, yeah, dog. Like I was. Bro, wild. I used to go around hitting people with the RKO, bro. Like out of nowhere, yeah, <laughs> bro. Like hitting people with Stone Cold Stunners, like every. Everybody did one. Everybody so, got niggas, niggas used to niggas walk in Fairfax, bro, down the hall and give niggas Stone Cold Stunners. Like <laughs> yes. niggas would be that's crazy. Locker, like niggas on the football team would just come and get you and ah, just uh, like what? The like, fact that that's happening in high school is a little wild. Though. I would have killed me. Bro. <laughs> no, bro, niggas, were, niggas were out of pocket, like violent to each other <laughs> in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the rip. You ever think of like the dumb that, stuff you did in high school? That oh, was for sure. Like, Yo, if somebody did this to me as a grown man, bro, like, remember, like, back in the day, like, if we used to do beggies, we used to do snatchies, we used to do, like, yo, if you had, like, a, a snack in your nigga. You don't want that? If you had a snack in your love hand, we used to smack it up your head. <laughs> oh, like, yo. That's a fade. If you do that to me now, bro, I might chase you down the street and pull a hamstring. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a grown man smacking the fucking <laughs> chopped cheese down hey, your head. You don't want that? Oh, my God. Like, could you imagine? I might want to do a series like that, but I don't know. I want to live. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I, I'm you know what's like, funny? Yo, you know my guy Low Key, right? Yeah. <laughs> low Key does an Apple music or whatever. I think he was the last person I did that to. Um, this might have been a, this guy. This is a while ago. It's got to be like 2010 or whatever. <laughs> he had, he was eating something. I think it was my boy Cam who did it. He was eating something. He was eating like a burger or a pizza or top, something. And he was down to the very last piece of the burger whatever he was eating and just as he was <laughs> about to eat slap the shit out of his head like, you know what that nah. then the shit bounced and went to a sewer and I guess was about to fight Hey, I believe it, bro. I believe it. I believe it. Was it was so funny because I'm like, yo, we do this all the time. Like, yo, he really tight. And like, the low is really, really aggy, bro. Like, he was. But was you like, got to understand. Think about if something like really bomb. Like, you know, for one, first of all. he's down to his last bite. Like, you know, he was enjoying it. Bite. And it ain't as good until you finish the whole thing. So you like, Cass, think, think about like you waited 45 minutes for DoorDash. <laughs> your food there. And you like halfway in your shit, you grubbing, and then niggas just hit from under and flip it up. <laughs> I'm losing it because yeah. you think about no, you it is violence. Order it again. It is a violence. You have to wait again. Nah, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem, bro. <laughs> Man, we could talk about that for hours. Um, uh, tell me about uh, you writing. Yeah, so I mean, I've always been. Uh, I, obviously, I mean, I play. I play sports. Played a lot of sports growing up. But my parents always, like, drilled into me that, like, you got to be able to do something in the classroom. Like, whatever it is, like, you got to be able to utilize, like, chase all these athletic goals or whatever. But just know you got to have something that's that's your shit. And for me, it was writing. Like, I wasn't that great of a math student. Uh, science was too confusing for me. But, you know, I got by or whatever. But writing was where I always, like, you know um, – that's why I always I did well in school. Like I could I could write you anything, especially if it's something creative, right? And you know, because I would do it on my downtime. Like I would just write, you know, comic book stories. I would write like just little. I would make up characters in my head and like you know, just write out like 20, 30, 40 page like stories about people's lives. Like they were basically like loose scripts or whatever. But like I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was just thinking like yo, I just like to write. I just like to get these thoughts out of my head and like put them into something creative that um, either I could read or somebody else could read. Like if I got a chance to present it, man, like I, I would really get into my bag and like perform the hell out of it. Like I'm like, I'm pitching a script to somebody, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't look at it like that then when I was in, you know, fourth or fifth grade or sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever. But you know, that was like a tool that like I carried with me throughout like all of my career. Like I was always able to, you know, creatively like concept something and then just get it down on paper and present it. You know, like that was where that's what always that's where I always got my kicks out of. And I think that helped me a lot in, you know, my journalism career, being at the source and doing stashed and being on hip hop wired. I think that helped me a lot. Uh, at BR, doing TV shows for MTV, um, doing TV for WWE, 
Like, I just always love being a creative and just getting my thoughts on paper and hoping that people can, like, and just enjoy the stories that I tell. You know what I mean? Like, even if they were made up, even if they were, like, stuff, like, based on people that I knew, like, I would people watch a lot, too, like, and make up stories in my head about, like, two people and what they're going through. Like, that was just, that was just always my thing. And, um... I, and I caught on to it pretty, pretty early too. Like I, I was like reading and writing by the time I was like two years old, like two or three years old. So like some stupid young, like my parents, I was, I had like some like mental level, like genius in me as a kid. And then like, I just threw it into like pop culture and like, you know, stuff that I like, like basketball and football and stuff. But, you know, I was just, it was just something I always just loved to do. And it was always like a tool that I could use anywhere I was in my career. Yeah, 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 what, for sure. Uh, what do you like writing more, uh, wrestling or music? Um, so it's different with me, man. So, like in music, the way I wrote in music is way different the way I wrote in 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 wrestling because I kind of always when I was in my writing bag for for music blogs and like magazines and stuff like that. I always told myself I'm only going to write about the music that I connect to. Right. And it's, it's a young man's game. And I look back at my time writing about like artists that I grew up with and like kind of grew with like your Wale's, your J. Cole's, your Big Sean's and Wiz's and like kind of telling those stories and like leaving it there kind of feels more special to me than, you know, creating something for TV or creating something for WWE or creating something for any sort of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, campaign or something like that. Right. Like the music writing just came from a more honest place because I would never try and tell whoever's reading my stuff, how they should feel about, you know, the way an artist or a rapper was putting a song together, putting an album together, but just how I felt about it. And I feel like a lot of people connected to it. I feel like, um, a lot of people that read my stuff, uh, knew where I was coming from. And, you know, you really, I really got to see how much that resonated with people as social media began to rise, began to rise, right? Like seeing, getting that sort of instant feedback from people around the world, the artists themselves and, you know, people that consume that sort of media on whether you were good or not. And there's there's no satisfaction like that, right? Like, there's one thing if you're writing for WWE, the satisfaction that I got from that was, you know, rehearsing something with a talent, not knowing if it's going to be good, bad, fans are going to cheer, boo, get the story, be confused, whatever. That adrenaline before you, like, walk the wrestler into the back and get on the headset and Vince is like standing across from you and like all these, and there's a million things going on. There's 30,000 people outside, like getting ready to go crazy. And, you know, that's a different satisfaction because it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush. It's like, oh man, it's going to be good. Are they going to boo it? Are they going to cheer it? Are they going to fuck with it? Are they not? Like, you know, and then when you, when you hit that, like when you hit certain, when you write in something and like the crowd reacts and you got them hooked, that, that, that's a rush like you, you cannot describe like it is like it's like hitting the it's like getting like a a, a clutch jumper or a big right. hit like because it's the same reaction like the crowd right. erupts they roar it's the same right. arena that like every team that you root for is playing in and right. you 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 conjured up the same emotion with your mind and your pen that other right. people get for dunking a basketball or hitting a home right. run it's 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 an incredible experience but yes, me like personally song, right like yes and, perform, and performing that song in front of people who you've never met or never seen and they have this adulation for you for something that you just made in a room by yourself yeah and you go somewhere and you're like what all these people know this shit and they yeah. love it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's like uh it's even more fun because you're you, nobody you don't get credit you know what I mean? Right. If it goes right, <laughs> you only get <laughs> you only get blame if it goes wrong. Right. So like, if it's ass, everyone's gonna be like, "God damn, who put that? Like, who wrote that? <laughs> like, who put that segment right. together?" But if it goes good, like the the best yeah. the best victory is the sweet silence. Like, if nobody's wondering, everyone's just so happy that that segment with those performers and those wrestlers did really well. 
it's a phenomenal feeling. And yeah. uh, you get to re retain that sort of anonymity and being like, oh man, like that was, you know, it's, 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 it's bliss. It's great. If you yeah. were to write a book, what would it be about? Oh man. I mean, I definitely do want to write like a memoir one day. You know, I feel like I've, I've experienced like so many different lives, you know, like I, I, I feel like between, you know, music and hip hop and the source to, you know, working with Steve Stout with Stash to, you know, being at, at, at BR and, you know, Marshawn Lynch and then going from doing stuff at Uninterrupted with Braun and then, you know, the whole seven, eight, nine years that we did Palooza to uh, WWE years to, you know, Flagrant 2 podcast to now my own podcast. Like, you know, it's, I've just, I feel like I've I've met a lot of people. I've been on some like Black Forest Gump shit for a lot of things. It just happened to be at the right place at the right time and being like, I can't believe I'm I'm here. There's been I've been in so many situations where I'm just blessed to be in the room or blessed to be like help tell a story or be at a situation where like, you know, you're you're one of the the voices that a lot of your a lot of Knicks fans see in a year where the Knicks are finally good. Right, like the year that the Knicks finally get it right after these big games, after these big home games, like they cut to you. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it's such a departure from like how I started my career, where it's like right. I don't know how I was gonna get there, but you know I got there. Same thing with WWE. Right. Like I didn't know like having an interest in wrestling, doing like backyard wrestling with my friends. And, you know, loving watching, like, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan as a kid would lead to me, like, working, like, directly with Vince McMahon and, like, Triple H. I didn't know that, you know, this stuff would, like, lead me to directly working at a company founded by LeBron James. Like, you know, it's just so many, you know, so many twists and turns that, like, I would love to be able to give, you know, those experiences to somebody because I feel like a lot of things I was told was, you had to kind of pick something and stick with it and, and, and do that until, you know, you get the, the picket fence and the, 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 the kids and all that type of stuff. And I would want people to, to see my story and my career trajectory and be like, nah, just do what the fuck you feel like. Like if you got some passion behind it and you like it and you think you can put the energy to do it, do it. Like I got to tour with my best friends for seven years, squirting like cognac in people's mouths and like, and, and, having the biggest artist on the planet, like perform at a party that started in the basement, you know, like, and, and to go from that to, you know, being an yeah. editor of one of the greatest, I mean, one of the longest running hip hop publications in history, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, there's so many boxes I've gotten to check off of life. And I would love for people to see that and be like, yo, if he did that, I could do that too because it's so fun. I never feel like I'm working. Everyone's always like, yo, you do so many things. Like, how do you find time? I'm like, yo, I don't feel like I'm working. I would do a lot of this stuff for free. I'm not, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad to do it because this is what I've always dreamt about doing. Well, Kaz, I definitely want to give you your flowers, bro, because um, you are one of the type, you're one of the people that I could say that we don't have a, uh, a blueprint of how we do things. Yeah. But anytime I go somewhere, your name is in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's always funny. It's like, yo, I remember, uh, uh, shout to, uh, AP and, and, and hawking them when I was going to uninterrupted and doing stuff with them. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, you know, you know, Kaz, I'm like, I see him a lot. You know what I mean? This and that. <laughs> then I start, you know what I mean? Like bouncing around and, you know, doing, you know, being in different spaces and they like, yo, we 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 are thinking about bringing in because I'm like do it <laughs> because at the yeah. end of the day for one you know um with you doing these things also not only are you open you you leaving the door open for people like me and others that are are creatives and you know constantly doing things but then also it's <laughs> inspiration as well as when you look at in a situation of um you know uh for others to see like. There's no box. There's no ceiling yeah. for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how you said the excitement of like, you know, being a writer to doing this. And then like the ideas that you think when you just a natural creative, like it, it's not impossible. It's just when is it going to happen? 
Yeah. In those certain situations, like it's it's it, it should never be an all to you. Yeah. Because it's in you. You feel yeah. me? Like you can't explain it. Like I I still be like bugging out sometimes. Like yo, I covered the NBA. <laughs> yeah, like bro. But it did. It's crazy, man. Like I I I completely one hundred percent get where you're coming from because you know, like hearing that is is dope. Like you know, like even like talking it through in my own head, I'm like, damn, that that's that's like who who would have thought? Who would have known? I still I'm still like I still pinch myself that like. MSG got a whole home studio in my in my crib to broadcast like Nick games. Like I still gotta pinch myself that like I go past the team that I root for and it's like a billboard of of me. You know what I mean? Like with my co-host. Like it's it's like it's funny you bring up Hawk. I see I seen the Hawk post something today on Instagram and Twitter about like kind of like his home setup and how he's done for like NFL network and like uninterrupted and all that. And Hawk is like an inspiration to me, dude, because he says something that's like, uh, "Oh, he's the best, bro." Is it impossible or is it hard? Like, if it's impossible, don't waste my time. But if it's, but we we don't run from hard. I'm not afraid of hard. So like, the, that sort of thinking leads you to be able to kick open different doors and be and showing people that yo, you could do this. And I love that that to keep doors open for people. Like, I always want to be able to you know, turn around and, and hand another opportunity to somebody or hand another situation to somebody and be like, listen, like I've done this. I know you can do it. And, you know, it's being a creative just never stops. Like it's, it's the one, it's the one job. I wouldn't even call it a job. It's the one sort of like calling that like, you're never fully off the clock if you're doing it right. You know what I mean? Like you're always just kind of going to see, what's the next sort of situation or possibility that can like lead you to continuing to create. You just never stop, you know? And um, it's fun at the end of the day. I feel like deep down uh, underneath all this stuff, like you want to be able to have fun with life as long as you can. Mm -hmm. And the times you could bring your fun to work or, you know, part of your work is bringing fun to people. Like, I don't think there's a there's a there's a better way to sort of live your life, man. Like especially if if creating is what you want to do. Yeah, that's facts. So we got one question that we ask all our guests. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Yeah, all right. Let me remember who I was at 18. 18 years old, I had just graduated St. Patrick's High School. I'm thinking I'm gonna go to D2 for a couple of years, for four years, and go play overseas. <laughs> um I'm going to tell my 18-year-old self that uh, you should probably go play basketball at another school. For <laughs> and two, um, don't, let any, don't forget any of this experience because you're going to need all of it. You know, like, I feel like since I didn't make a career out of basketball, a lot of people just stopped trying to have a career in basketball but I still got a career in basketball, even though I'm not playing, you know, like I would say to myself, continue to have fun. And if you're not having fun with something or you don't think something's fair or you don't think something is feels right or smells right, trust your instinct, trust your gut. Don't second guess it because it took me a while to like stop second guessing myself. And I think a lot of 18 year olds or a lot of, you know, young black men could, could, could relate to that. You know, we, as black men, especially as a young black man, kind of feel like if you don't follow a certain guideline or if you're not hitting certain marks at a certain age that you're failing. And I wish I could tell myself that, you know, way back when. So I didn't put so much pressure on myself. I used to have terrible anxiety. You know what I mean? I used to have like fucking real life anxiety attacks before like big basketball games, before big projects, before, you know, big moments in my life because I always wanted you know, things to be right. Like I couldn't even fathom like things going wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom losing a game. I couldn't fathom like having a bad game. I couldn't fathom, uh, you know, blowing a project or any of that stuff. I would tell myself to relax, trust your instincts, trust your gut, because, you know, once I started doing that, it didn't really steer me wrong. Like it really got me in the rooms and places that I never thought I could be. And uh, having success there uh, made, made everything is making currently making everything, you know, 
wonderful in my life. Well, man, you know, we love to hear it, bro. Uh, you know, you always welcome back on the show. Man, um, I appreciate, appreciate that, bro. Definitely. Great happy, bro, for sure. And, uh, I would say your, your, your how, it's, uh, how it started and how it's going with you throwing the hat off the, uh, the roof. <laughs> <laughs> They remind me every time for the poor Zingas, Tingus Pingus. At Tingus Pingus. Look at him now though. Look at him now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hate on poor Zingas. I hope he's healthy or whatever. But the Knicks did win that trade though. Not gonna <laughs> Long term for sure, man. Yes, sir. Man. Thank you again, bro. Appreciate y'all, Trey. Appreciate you, Jane. Thank you so much, man. Y'all take it easy, bro. Yeah, bro. Growing up the same wins the game.